1: Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarinu, and today uh, I am traveling east uh, and connecting to one of my beloved countries, India. And uh, I have a special guest uh, today, uh, a new regulator, uh, um, Joseph Josie, who is the uh, CTO of a new regulatory body, the IFSCA, and we will be discussing its um, special position and its mission, and I'm really delighted, and I'd like to welcome you first, uh, Joseph.
0: Thank you, Afi. Thank you so much for having me here. Always a pleasure and privilege to be having a conversation with you.
1: Uh, it's, it's my privilege too. uh, let's, let's start with the traditional, uh, your background. Um, have you always been working, uh, in the financial industry? I guess your background is definitely more technical as you are the CTO. Tell us briefly how the journey has been, uh, up to today.
0: Yeah, so I have an engineering background and, uh... Uh, I joined an uh, IT MNC much earlier in my career, and that took me places thanks to their clients. I was working out of U.S., Canada, Mexico City, to name a few countries. Uh, I spent a good 16 years there, and then I decided to move on, uh, and uh, I moved away from the industry. I thought uh, I could do farming, but I ended up uh, working with students, helping them build startups. Uh, that was like a good sabbatical for me and then uh, this was in 2016 i guess uh, when dr Raghuram rajan the then rbi governor uh, he had a plan of starting an it subsidiary for the reserve bank of india i had the opportunity to join that as one of the co-founder and to set it up from scratch i was there for five years so that was my emotion into the regulatory world from technology to regulatory but then again, there I had exposures of both ends, technology as well as regulatory. And then uh, way back in 2021, I had this uh, unique opportunity to work with IFSCA, which was a new regulator set up by the Ministry of Finance under an act of the parliament. So it's like a startup regulator. So that's even more interesting. So that's where I jumped over here to play the full-time role at the regulator
1: wow i mean the stereotype of of a, a professional journey uh, in the uh, uh, regulatory industry is not supposed to be so exciting but but you've made it exciting right and and it seems that you're very much in touch with with the startup world with the innovations and the trends and um, we'll have the opportunity to talk about the fact that um in the west we do admire and look up to what um, uh, India has, has done, especially from a fintech angle, uh, both with the, uh, UPI and Adahar, and how that uh, has grown a whole ecosystem. Uh, but let's discuss about the, the new regulatory body, the um, IFSCA. First of all, what does it stand for? And it is, it is uh, physically based in a specific area uh, called, if I'm correct, the gift area, right? And, and tell us tell us both what it stands for and what is the gift of the gift area.
0: <laughs> Very nicely put. Uh, in fact, that's what our honorable prime minister says too. It's a gift to India, gift city is a gift to India. Uh, so so the, the story goes like this. Uh, GIFT as it stands is uh, Gujarat International Finance Tech City. That's how GIFT is expanded. And uh, when this city came into play, uh, there was a specific zone they created in that city called the IFT. An
1: economic zone, that is.
0: Correct. That's a special economic zone. Uh, So as you would know, know, India's uh, rupee is not fully convertible. So there are capital controls in the country which restricts dollars coming in and out, you know, all the things associated with it. So when they created this IFSC, the International Financial Service Center, uh, they created a zone where the foreign currency can freely come and go. Freely convertible foreign currency can be the currency of business here. So virtually you have a zone in India where the rupee convertibility is not a challenge anymore. So that's how started right and at that point in time the four domestic sector regulators namely the reserve bank of india for banking the securities exchange uh, board of india for capital markets the IRDAI, the insurance arm and the pfrda for the funds they were the four regulators looking into the business in the ifsc this progressed for a few years so the ifsc came in around 2015 So, around 2019, for the ease of doing business with all these four regulators in different parts of the country, except for RBI and SEBI being in Mumbai, the other one was in Hyderabad, and the other one was in Delhi, uh, the government of India, through an act of the parliament in 2019, created a new unified regulator, which is the authority for IFSC. So, that's how International Financial Centers Authority, Services Centers Authority came in place, IFSCA. Now, this regulator had the powers of the four regulators. So the RBI Act and the related acts of the various regulators came into the ifsca Act. That's how the IFSA was born. So then, henceforth, uh, if a bank has to be set up the approval or the license was given by IFSEA instead of the Reserve Bank of India in this zone, the IFSE zone, similar for the capital markets and the insurance, reinsurance, and the funds. So that's how it started. But then they also made sure this zone is very competitive uh, in terms of its tax regime. So essentially, what they did, the government of India, uh, in one of the budgets, they ensured that 100% 100% tax ex- exemption is given here for 10 out of 15 years. They ensure there is uh, no uh, security transaction tax, no stamp duty, no goods and service tax, right? And so on and so forth. So there was a whole range of benefits given so that this jurisdiction is on par with any other international jurisdiction.
1: The gift so that's how gift. this came in. <laughs> so, so, so there's a whole package of gifts uh, that are, are possible. Where physically, where where shall we sort of um, visualize this uh, economic uh, uh, area being? Is it east, north, uh, northwest, or
0: northeast? Yeah, so this is more from the west side of the country. It's in east? a state of Gujarat. Uh, the capital of Gujarat is Gandhinagar, so it is in the city of Gandhinagar, uh, is where Gift City is located.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay, I mean, I, I I always when I go to Davos for the World Economic Forum, there's always a, a house of not a house of India. There's different states that are that are very much obviously into startup and innovation and so on. So I I always try to learn uh, the different states um, and and understand. So from from my knowledge uh, as i as i'm uh, honored to be part of the evaluation committee that um, uh, the IFSEA has put together to um, give some um, uh, uh, if you want the rewards uh, to to startups that want to come in foreign startups in in this region tell us a little bit about the mission of this framework that is about one year old,
0: right? Right. Before I jump into that, uh, we need to understand the key motivation behind this uh, International Financial Service Center, right? So, So if you really look at it, it was to bring the offshore back to the onshore, right? Because a lot of our capital and talent went to the offshore centers because of the rupee convertibility challenge, the capital controls. So they were brought back, they have to be brought back. That was one. The next was to bridge the, you know, it's a bridge between the global capital and the domestic one, the perfect gateway for people to land in or to launch out kind of thing. And of course, we wanted to export financial services from this region to the regional and the global kind of a domain. Now, if you really look at it uh, as a new regulator, we have come up with a host of regulations be it banking, capital markets, insurance, funds, you know, it, it's a complete package because it's an ecosystem you're developing. And that's how we found that we need to create a regulatory framework for fintechs because that was a missing piece. Yes. So that's where the fintech entity framework was born. So that kind of is an overarching framework for both fintechs and tech fins, as we put it. Yeah, Fintechs are the pure bloods, if you want to say like they are directly are verticals associated with the banking capital markets and insurance whereas tech fins are our horizontals which contribute a lot to this entire ecosystem so examples could be examples a cyber security firm mm-hmm. cyber security firm digital identity firm reg you know these are needed across banking capital markets insurance so your green uh, sustainable tech Right, your uh, digital, uh, uh, you know, your uh, digital entities, I spoke about the uh, the distributed ledger technologies, the blockchain solutions. These are all like my tech fin. So your AI ML solutions for the BFSA segment that could be my tech fin. So that's how we kind of looked at both aspects so that you have a comprehensive framework. Now what we did was, in addition to making it broad based, we borrowed the silicon valley's fail fast principle as well so in my past life i was in the bay area and that's where the startup you know fever caught me right so so we we wanted the regulatory framework to bake this idea in and that's how the concept of sandboxes came in yeah so we have an innovation sandbox for the first level of innovation where somebody has an idea they want to just put together the pieces we could give them you know, market data to play with. They graduate from that, go to the regulatory sandbox, which only a regulator can have. So which essentially means you can have live data, live customers, live transactions, and we don't have a regulation. So I as a regulator could give you a a dispensation or a relaxation from a regulation and let that innovation thrive. And then I have something called as the IORS, the Interoperable Regulatory Sandbox. This is essentially a FinTech bridge between IFSCA and the four domestic sector regulators. So we are connected internally as well. This forms the perfect landing pad for foreign fintechs to come to IFSE because once they land here, getting connected to the domestic fintech regulators is easy through this IORS, right? And the last one which we are trying to build is the overseas regulators referral mechanism. We recently signed a fintech cooperation agreement with MAS, Monterey yes, Authority of Singapore. Yeah. And there are many more in the line. So, which essentially means this also is a launchpad for the Indian fintechs who want to go global. So, overall, you allow them to fail in the sandbox, pivot to the ones which are really good so that the market drives what they want. So, that's how we have built this framework. In addition to that, to what you said on the committee and the grants, we felt we should to also help the bootstrapped innovator with some small change. So for the first time in India, a financial sector regulator came up with an incentive scheme. So there are six different types of grants, right? From the FinTech startup grant, to a sandbox grant, to a proof of concept grant, you know, for listing. And we also have something specific for green FinTechs because green is an area which is very much in focus. And we also have a grant for the accelerators because we know one accelerator can spawn multiple fintechs and innovation. So that's how the grant scheme also came. So with this fintech entity framework, regulatory framework and the grants and all of these innovation regulatory and IORS and overseas regulators sandboxes, we have created a very compelling ecosystem here for the fintechs.
1: Great, amazing. I mean, this... this. uh, um if you want uh, approach of of uh, building bridges of uh, collaborating with other um, regional regulators and hubs uh, is is really the, the way to go and um definitely it it will show in in terms of uh, if you want a five year uh, plan for for india to really um grow its own ecosystem and also benefit from all the innovations uh, uh, around the world. You mentioned, uh, and I did see that the you with um, uh, the MAS, I mean, congratulations for that. Obviously, uh, globally, uh, the MAS uh, and the FCA are two of the most uh, innovative, progressive, uh, especially in the fintech area regulators that we all uh look up to uh but but not only there, there's so many other um uh, regulators in in areas but those two are sort of uh, the the top that we we uh, like to uh, look up to them and see how they're approaching innovation uh, uh globally and uh, I mean in your case in in India's case you have the human capital right and and you have the technical knowledge with universities uh, of of high quality so this bridge is more to bring back from the globe uh, this the 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 know-how or is it more focused on growing the local ecosystem, or both? How how do you feel uh, uh, that that is um, sort of uh, uh, moving ahead?
0: Right. So, so see, one thing, as I said before, is this is a unified regulator. So that itself is a big win for the fintech ecosystem because uh, you know typically fintechs get embedded. Uh, you know, they start probably with uh, wealth tech and then uh, they get into some embedded insurance and then to do some lending. And before you know, they are a super app. So having a unified regulator who looks across the, you know, the kind of spectrum, the domains, it becomes very easy for the fintech because they do not kind of get confused as to, am I within the regulator's remit or not? If it's only a pure play banking regulator, then if you're talking about wealth or insurance, then probably it's out of their realms right? So that is not a problem here. So the in unified nature itself, you know, kind of makes it very fintech friendly. That's one. Second, as I said, this jurisdiction uh, already has more than 400 plus entities. So that itself is a market. This is a financial services center, right? International financial service center. You have international banks, you have two international exchanges, you have brokers, insurers, reinsurers, the whole ecosystem is coming up. So that itself is a market. And then, as I said before, it's a perfect landing pad for foreign fintechs to come in to the country. And it's a launch pad for the domestic fintechs who want to go global. Because if you are servicing other jurisdictions, you can be here and try to look at it.
1: But- so, so uh, Joseph, this is not a virtual uh, uh economic area it is actually a physical economic area that's already developed you, you you mentioned some facts and figures about the presence of financial institutions that are obviously core to to any economic activity it's what is new is the empowerment of these frameworks uh that that we've already mentioned be it in terms of incentives uh, tax incentives or incentives of ease of setting up uh, the business. Obviously the rupee convertibility is is a huge one. And then the sandbox environments that, that you mentioned and the unified approach that that is all coming together. It's as if you've managed to pull these pieces together and and uh, now we can benefit from the network effects. Of these ecosystems that that you you've created,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's as you know, like India's uh, domestic market itself is huge, and uh, the way it's going, uh, if you really look at it, uh, you know the global south is actually emerging, right? So so that's that's where the growth is going to be, both in terms of know uh, absolute. Growth, or in percentage growth, like you're you're talking about, uh, almost two x times the absolute GDP growth than US and Europe put together, in the global South. You know, over the next five years, probably the GDP growths here are about 4.24 percent versus 1.4 percent for US and Europe put together. So, be it in absolute growth or on percentage basis. The Global South is the area, and definitely India is a good market there we are talking about. So, so with that, and if you look at it, you also talked about the tech-enabled part. So way back in 2015, the Honorable Prime Minister, you know, initiated the Startup India kind of a campaign or a program, an announcement. It was made on the of Independence Day, the August 15, 2015. That kind of became a revolution today. Right. When we started where we are today, uh, the ministry there is a Department for Promotion of Industry and Internal Trade, DPIIT, they have recognized way back in 2022, close to about 84,240 startups in India. That's the kind of growth which we have seen. And today probably is the third largest market behind, you know, U.S. and uh, U.K. with the number of fintechs as well. So, So... if you really look at the way the growth happened, all of it point to certain things like an India stack story, which really put things into perspective, a population which was uh, internet savvy, more than 700, million having internet access. So all of this came together to create that perfect cocktail of growth and glory. That's what I would say here.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, clearly uh, uh, this is um, a, a, a huge opportunity and, and a wonderful story to to be part of, um, and and I'm sure that um, this this will appeal uh, to to many startups and many uh, other stakeholders in the innovation um, ecosystem. Uh, 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 can you tell us a little bit more about the cross-border collaborations that, that you envision?
0: Right. Uh, so we talked about the rupee convertibility challenge. And, you know, it, it becomes very easy for a country, uh, you know, for a company outside the country, India. Let's say there is a U.S. fintech. They want to bring capital into the country. Today, there is a Foreign Exchange Management Act uh, there are FDI limitations, foreign direct investments limitations, and so on and so forth. But within this zone, what happens is you do not have those limitations. The capital can come in and can go out freely, right? So that's a big blessing for foreign fintechs, foreign firms who want to bring in capital, set up operations, you know, do things. And also take out the processor. all, all
1: and, in there. For example, uh, in U.S. dollars, if they're coming to the U.S. Uh, British pounds, whatever euros. Uh, Correct.
0: And... Correct. So, so you get to open a bank account here, which is dollar denominated, U.S. dollar denominated. You cannot. You cannot do business in Indian rupees. Of course, you can use Indian rupees for administrative you know, overheads, but the business is done in freely convertible foreign currency as the US dollars and so on and so forth. So now that is the context here. So now when you talk about cross border, it makes perfect sense for anybody who's outside the country to use this as the landing pad to come into the country, because there's a huge market I'm talking about, access to the country. And also you can bring in this kind of a facility. So what we are doing is uh, we thought let's build bridges with regulators around the world so that it also gives the regulatory comfort, a regulatory hand-holding for these firms who want to come in from a different jurisdiction and also for the Indian fintechs who want to go to those markets. So that's how was the idea which we created in building these fintech bridges, trying to do cross-border related stuff. I'm sure you'd have heard about the famous UPI linkages with Singapore, Spain now. Right, so 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 these are all huge, you know. I would say, you know, jumps of revolution here, which you are talking about, because uh, the cost of cross-border payments, which is flagged by the UN SDG, you know, which everybody is looking at. These are these are things which can really make it atomic in its nature. You know, the speed and the kind of uh, efficiency you're bringing into the supply chain. It, it's just simply mind-boggling. So I think it's a connected world at the end of it, as they call it as a global village. So looking at these cross-border linkages is absolutely essential for us to kind of build on the strength which we already have.
1: Yeah, uh, Joseph, before we close, I want to reiterate a couple of points that that you mentioned, and and please uh, please feel free to to add to that. To me, the the fact that um, this new regulatory uh, body is is, um, converging the existing regulators, it is very unified. It is offering um, in a zone that is special, in an economic area that makes a lot of sense to build uh, international uh, bridges. And it is the best uh, uh, ideal way for a foreigner to come into this huge market with with great uh, potential and especially for those that not only are pure fintechs, as you said, but tech Fins and and my heart goes more to to green Tech uh, financing uh, and, and, and enabling uh, um, uh, the the green transition. of of the global south, which is extremely important. And we can uh, talk about it and think about it as having huge impact with with the real uh, uh, meaning. And and these tech fins and fintechs can play a major uh, role. Um, So please add uh, what I have um, uh, not uh, mentioned to to all this uh, gift situation that we we are covering today
0: well i think you summed it up pretty well and if i have to add probably what i would should say is uh, uh, the way we are talking about green and sustainable uh, you know fintechs and areas sustainable finance today uh, i i believe uh, 10 15 years back when i talked about climate uh, we never brought in regulators or central banks uh, or the BFSI into the plate. It was more of researchers and scientists. But 10, 15 years on now, we know we need a lot of capital to kind of really do something substantial here. In a similar way, I believe five to seven years from now, the space economy and the lunar economy will grow and will need a lot of capital. So what we have done is we have also accommodated space techs under our fintech entity framework. And we also have bought into an MOU with our Department of Space because we believe uh, the convergence of fintech happens. Space tech, green tech, agri tech, fintech, it's going to be a convergence angle. So If the geospatial intelligence from a space tech is being used by an agri tech to give a better loan to a farmer, or better crop insurance. I think we are talking about financial instruments there through loan and insurance, right? So I believe this convergence can be a game changer going forward. So that's something which we are kind of focusing as well to see how the convergence can multiply the effect.
1: I think, Joseph, that um, the interconnectedness of these innovations that, that you, mentioned and the opportunities that you mentioned is is underestimated and not talked enough about and and um, um I I am so delighted to hear that a regulator is even thinking about this versus you know putting in silos okay here are the fintechs and then you know there's another um, a regulator for uh, different areas this is this is brilliant it brings, the concept of a unified regulator to another uh, level. Thank you so much, uh, jo- joseph for for this uh, very um, enlightening conversation about what you're doing now and and what are the uh, the vision for the future.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Effie. really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Tech News. On Facebook, Facebook facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, LinkedIn linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, Instagram instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, TikTok tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.